This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Yeah, that's right. All that stuff. Like the, the loud guitars. It gets me going, although StreamYard with the glitching at the very beginning, it's very annoying. It does it every time. It doesn't do it on a regular video, but with StreamYard it does. And that pisses me off. But it is what it is. I'm pissed off a lot about things. That's part of my character and part of my charm <laughs> I bring to the show. Welcome, everyone. It is time for Smoke Out with Shelly and SJ. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for watching and listening and all that good stuff. Especially episode 47 slash 4, our 47th episode total. Our fourth episode for channelattitude.com. We're now exclusively on channelattitude.com. Subscribe for less than $1 a week and become part of the show. You can, uh, I send you the link every Thursday night we do the recording. I'll send you the link in email. You can join us on in the private chat. You can be on audio. You can be on video. All that good stuff. Hang out with us for the whole show. Participate in what we're doing. Smoke. All of that good shit just by subscribing. Plus, you get all the awesome infotainment, as it were, from myself and Shelly Martinez. Shelly, how are things uh, this week in the world of Shelly? Good. Here's what's interesting, though. I have a new light here. And by itself, <laughs> it goes dim. Like right now, and then it goes light. So I hope it doesn't mess up. The, it doesn't seem like it's messing it up, but maybe it will. So I apologize in advance if it does. <laughs> it adds more to the show. Yes, there you go. It's but it's so weird. It's charged. So either it's a ghost or it's a glitch. One of the two. <laughs> hey, a ghost. That would be awesome. Yeah. We have a ghost guest on the show. <laughs> it set us apart from all the other shows. Yeah, totally. Well, if you're a ghost, let us know. You're invited. That's right. Come on the show. You're all welcome. Um, of course, we have the giveaway going on July. Two weeks from now, we will announce the winner. We win a couple signed 8x10s by Shelly in 10 minutes of private chat with Shelly. You can say a lot in 10 minutes. I mean, if you think about it, 10 minutes is a lot of time. You know, what you, uh, well, you have prepared for that. I don't know if you wouldn't prepare for that. Maybe you should have some notes or something. I don't know. Maybe try to impress Shelly. She'd be like, you know what? That 10 minutes was worth my time, worth my while. You know, it's interesting because when I was doing the cameo calls, um, originally I was doing them for in 10 minute increments. Mm -hmm. And it was a long time. <laughs> because here's the thing, you know. <laughs> I feel like I'm really good at if like someone doesn't know what to talk about. I can kind of engage and like help direct the conversation. Yeah. But when I guess like maybe it's the podcaster in me, like I'm used to like you and me going, you know, talking, having a conversation, or if I'm on other podcasts, you know, it kind of goes back and forth. Mm. So <laughs> I, I feel like I'm really lending out and I'm trying to like, you know, because some of these people get shy and I get it. Like they get shy. They don't really know what to say. Um, and so I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I, I got this. Like I can make everyone feel comfortable. And then I see the timer and only like three minutes have gone by. And I'm like, what else do I talk about? Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> A lot of awkward silences, just you and someone else is kind of looking at each other. And then I'm like, yeah, so do you have any questions? That's always my thing. You have any questions you want to ask me? oh well i can't remember right now or i did but like and i'm just like oh my goodness so then i went into five minutes and the five minute one worked a lot better so hey if you want 10 minutes with me here's your chance for free so there you go write down some questions have some stuff prepared <laughs> i don't even do capital calls anymore because of it it's just too much can't leave shelly just hanging like two minutes and 30 seconds into the call <laughs> or something to get you to talk. Be ready. Have preparation. I have preparation for all the shows I do. I have all my little scribbles down here so I know exactly what I want to talk about. Because I'm also forgetful because I smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. So my trusty my trusty notebook. I've had this notebook for years and it's almost to the end, which is a shame. I'll be sad. I have to go to a new notebook. Yeah, it's like um it's almost like having a diary and That's right. you, you you bond with it. 
And so I've totally been there with organizers. I, ha I usually get organizers and I write notes in there along with like my dates, you know, with um, the calendar part. But then you have those pages that you can write notes in. So I have even just my agenda for the day or whatever. And once it's done with, like, I don't even throw them out. So it's like, why do I hoard them? I don't know. It's because I've bonded with these books. <laughs> the reason I keep them all is because one day when I go into the Broadcasting Hall of Fame or some sort of equivalent, I have tons of material for my my section and my cabinet, my little see-through cabinet that they'll have with my beautiful picture and all my notebooks, and maybe this microphone. There you go. <laughs> I'm looking forward to my immortality and my notebooks. So this morning uh, we were on with our, uh, I mean, I guess our, our boss, our employer, whatever you want to call it, the founder of channelattitude.com, the infamous Vince Russo. If you don't know who Vince Russo is, well, if you're a wrestling fan, you do know who Vince Russo is. And a lot of the pop culture fans know as well. If you don't, go look him up. He's had quite the illustrious career uh, in many places, WWE, WCW, TNA, places like that. Now he does content creation and he has channelattitude.com. And we are in the content creation business as well. So we are on channelattitude.com. We were lucky enough to be on with Vince this morning to uh, promote the show. Uh, Shelly, what were your impressions of this morning? I had a great time. You know, mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. Um, I like Vince Russo a lot. I always have. And like when people, I think we talked about it a few shows ago, how people have a very negative opinion of him that are within the business. I just don't know that part of him or like that era of him. I just go yeah. off of how he's always treated me, um, whether it be at work or on personal time. So for me, it was a real treat to be able to like just hang out and uh, chit chat a little bit. What you saw today when, you know, he and I were talking, that's just like how it's always been just a conversation. Like he's never, I don't know, like talk down to me or BS conversations with me. It's always been very friendly, real conversations because, you know, sometimes with people that are like writers or whatever in um, a work situation for me, sometimes it is those like kind of forced fake conversations mm. where it's just kind of awkward. We're like, I just always enjoy the fact that it was just, he, my conversations with him and the energy has always just been very effortless. And so I like, being around people where you can just be effortlessly yourself and vice versa, because when you're around people like that, you can be in any mood. And that takes away a lot of anxiety for me to like, know that I can be, it's like you and me, like I can be in a bad mood. I can be in a good mood. Mm -hmm. I can be tired. I can be excited. It doesn't matter. Like we're still going to have the same energy with each other. So that's how it is with Vince. So I really had a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. I thought, uh, I like the fact that there's a lot of people who have like just vitriolic hatred for Vince. I mean, uh, whether it's like, you know, people who worked with him or like wrestlers or whatever, a lot of them are like, you know, he was great and, and, and all that and great ideas, creative, all that stuff. A lot of people really have a burning hatred for him. And I see him in documentaries and stuff just going off. I think that's, that's pretty cool. I'm sure if there's ever a documentary made about me, there's gonna be a lot of people going, man, that guy was an asshole. I, I couldn't stand him. I hated working with him. I hated listening to him speak. It was awful. I hope there's a lot of them too. I hope it's a very long documentary. <laughs> Isn't there a saying like if, if some like what is it? Like something to the effect of like if you don't have someone saying something bad about you, you're not doing it right. Like you're gonna like you can't people please everybody. And if you are, chances are you're being a fake ass. Like you're just adapting to whoever so that they like you or have something good to say. And it's like you know, it kind of goes back to many topics we've had or people that I have issues with. It's like, I laugh at it because like, not everyone's going to like me and that's fine. Like, you know, we still never got down to the bottom of why the Sandman hates me so much. Like, you know, but he does. And I just remember when we were, I was trying to get him on for the roast. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we did a birthday roast on our show before we were here on Channel Attitude. And... I was trying to get Francine because she's in the ends with Sandman. And I just remember the text. She was like, he's just not going to do it. He just doesn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's always going to be people who are going to talk crap. 
you know, there's people I don't like that. It seems like people who I do like, they all totally like that person or whatever. Mm. So, you know, it's just, you just can't like everybody and not everyone's going to like you. That's right. And especially if you meet a lot of people, which in your business and Hollywood and places like that, you do. Um, a lot of people just aren't going to, um, I don't know, get your vibe for lack of a better uh, phrase. Plus, you know, when you're younger, you piss a lot of people off more so than when you're older and have a little more tact and discretion about, you know, the, the way you phrase things to people. And when you're young and, you know, you just, you're rushing forward. That's the way I was when I was younger. I mean, I met a lot of people that met me back then were like, probably thought I was very abrasive and well, just an asshole. As I said, I'm still quite an asshole, but you know, I can couch it better and uh, I can actually interact with people in social situations to sort of like, I'm either forgettable or they're like, Oh, that wasn't so bad that I had to talk to that guy. I mean, yeah. I need to be. It's so true. Um, it's so funny because I don't, I think I may have mentioned this before, but Glenn Danzig is a huge fan of me and my aerial character back in the day. So when I got invited to go to his show and hang out with him, it was so crazy because he was so fanning out for me. And I was like, no, dude, you're Danzig. Like, who cares about me? I'm a failed wrestler. <laughs> like, you're Danzig. And he was so nice and so, like, just cool, man. Like, really cool. And not creeping on me or anything like that. He just was genuinely, like, a fan and, like, was really cool to me. And it's so interesting because my friend is an entertainment lawyer. And a few years ago, um, he invited me metal jesus and danielle to a show that doyle from misfits was going to be at and so i don't know maybe i'm a jerk and i was just like danzig was so nice that i figured that doyle would be he did not like me and specifically danielle he was an asshole and then my friend <laughs> is like wanting us all to get along so much he's not realizing that this guy wants nothing to do with me and danielle and he's like let's go get a picture together <laughs> and i'm like dude this guy doesn't want to and that made him even more mad i was like this guy <laughs> but it's like it's so crazy because going back to your point like not everyone's gonna like everyone and like you meet so many different people you just like just can rub them wrong i mean danielle and i said maybe one or two words to this dude upon meeting him and he just hated it. and especially danielle i'm used to it being the other way around like people warm up to danielle more and they're like i don't know about the shelly girl but he he was just like a dick to her like so terrible i'll never forget it f doyle man <laughs> um so uh speaking of people that you dislike celebrities you dislike we talked about johnny depp last week and then uh we also mentioned marilyn manson because apparently marilyn manson and johnny depp are very good friends and then uh, you tweeted out uh, after the show the story about marilyn manson i guess what he's going to try to do is basically go the same route that johnny depp did in this case with evan rachel wood who's made a lot of allegations again i have not delved deep in either one of these cases but from what i've seen um it seems like uh um, Rachel Evan Wood or whatever her name is, she uh, has like a lot more evidence to present of the fact that Marilyn Manson uh, was abusive during their relationship. And by the way, if you don't know Marilyn Manson from like back in the 90s, he's a crazy fucking dude. I mean, he was the type of guy who was like up on stage, like with broken glass, cutting open his stomach and crap like that during the show and just bleeding all over the front row. Um, so I imagine if they go, they delve into his past. There's going to be a lot more material there than there was for, say, someone like Johnny Depp, who, like, kind of because he's a big movie star trying to keep his shit together. But Marilyn Manson's never worried about keeping his shit together in public and private or any of that. And uh, some of the shit, especially how, how young she was and all that, seems pretty pretty damning. Um, first of all, did you ever have any run-ins with Marilyn Manson or ever meet him anywhere? I have not. Um the closest of degrees I ever got to him is back in the day when I was doing modeling before Dita Von Tees, who was a girlfriend of his for a while. Um, we shot with the same people. So I would just hear stories like 
but they weren't bad stories, like, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, I was always intrigued by Marilyn Manson, especially because from what I understand, he's a PK, meaning a pastor's kid. Mm -hmm. So that's always interesting to me because a lot of PKs I know are pretty wild or out there. So um, I've always been really interested in him. I like some of his music, but I was never somebody that was like a huge Marilyn Manson fan. Um, what was interesting about the tweet that I, um, I guess, retweeted or posted, I remember when he first started going with that Evan gal. And I remember it rubbed me wrong because she seemed so young. And so when I was reading this thread, I didn't realize that she was that like 18 years old. And I think what the big difference is between the Johnny Depp situation and now his is it seemed like the vibe of the Johnny Depp trial was more about a, he said, she said domestic situation, like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I was digging into this thread that I tagged you in, like that's some pretty gnarly stuff like especially because she was so young and some people could say well she must have known what she was getting into but when you're that young you kind of like at least i know from experience for me it's like you kind of get you feel special because this somebody in this case the famous musician is choosing you so you feel like oh my gosh i'm special he can be with whoever and now he's choosing to be with me. So I'm sure she felt that way. And I'm sure like he made her feel special at first to get her been there. But um, I feel like when you get kind of courted or what's the right word groomed, I guess, by somebody who's older than you and has money and power. Um, I feel like when you finally realize what it is, you're like so deep in it already now that like you don't even know how you really got there. I'm sure she's probably had moments where something weird would happen. She would probably like, oh, well, that's not that bad, like whatever. And then something else would happen. Well, and then before you know it, you're excusing all this craziness and then it becomes your norm. And something that stood out to me was um, when she had mentioned something about how he was pretty much beating her. And I know that he's saying that it's more of like their kink or whatever, but he was like whipping her and like had her bondaged up. And he had said, so now you know what this is. And then he made her drink his blood and then he drank her blood. So to me, that's a satanic ritual. So I feel like when it got to that point and those words that he said to her, now you know what this is, that tells me, in my opinion, that she didn't know what she was getting herself into. And then that was the point where it's like, this is the deal. Now do you understand? And I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what will happen. As far as I, when I dove into it, I mean, I didn't go too, too deep into it, but, um, it seems like there's already his fans taking up for him going back to what we said about Johnny Depp. It's like, because he's famous and people are a fan, they don't want to, they'll excuse it. And so it's so crazy. And that's why I tagged you. And it's like, we were just talking about this. And then like, it was like the next day or so that Mm -hmm. I came across this. So I thought it was a real trip. Yeah. I, um, I was a huge Marilyn Manson fan, especially back in the mid nineties. Antichrist superstar was like, I played, I had a cassette tape. And I ran into the ground to the point where it was like there was parts of the cassette tape where you just couldn't understand what was happening because I had run it through so many times, played the song so many times. But he always, first of all, came across as a crazy dude. You know, you couldn't tell like if it was like, you know, in the pro wrestling sense, like his gimmick that he tried to get across or if he was like that in real life. Apparently, in a lot of cases, in a lot of ways, he was like that or is like that in real life. Um, I was thought, in, especially in the mid-90s, there was a lot of rumors when he became famous and two of the main ones I remember, and I don't know if these will come up in the, the court proceedings or whatever they got going on. Um, one was that he was like the nerdy dude who was Fred Savage's friend in Wonder Years. I heard that rumor so many times, and he was not that dude. Um, but I'm sure that dude appreciates 
the notoriety. The second one, the more disturbing, and the one I don't know if it's true or not, was that he had ribs removed so that he could orally gratify himself. Uh, allegedly, I don't know if that's true or not true, um, but it seems if it was said about anybody else, it would seem not believable. But because it was said about Marilyn Manson, it kind of came across as believable because of the way he was, as I said. Um, I think another one of the big differences is, especially with Amber Heard, I think a lot of people just came into the Amber Heard thing thinking that she's a bitch and she comes across as a bitch. And with this Evan Rachel Wood, she, I don't think she has that kind of reputation that follows her. So with him being much crazier than Johnny Depp and her seeming much less like a bitch than uh, Amber Heard, uh, I think that I don't think he's going to have success trying to emulate his friend. I think he's going to drag all of the stuff that he's done in his past into a public forum. And maybe that's what he wants. I don't know. I mean, he's really, you know, like guy who loves notoriety or whatever, but um, I don't think it's going to, it's going to turn out that we're going to find out that Marilyn Manson was like a really cool dude and he was awesome and he was kind to everybody. I think it's going to be pretty bad, but maybe that's why he needs to kickstart his career. I don't know. I haven't heard anything from him in quite a while as far as music or anything else. I see the pictures of him, like, you know, gaining weight and being weird. It's true, and I, he strikes me as somebody that gets his jollies off of people thinking he's exactly who he is, or else he would be more discreet about all these different things. Like, I don't know. I just, the dude's weird. I think he sucks. <laughs> Him and Johnny Depp both suck, and I hate that people are already comparing the two that are like defending him because mm -hmm. again, I didn't really get into the Johnny Depp thing and I barely dipped my toe into the Marilyn Manson thing, but with the little experience with both, I feel there's just totally completely different vibes. It's totally different mm -hmm. energy about it. And I guess we'll see what'll happen. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting about, especially about celebrities, like it takes so long for a lot of the shit that they did to come out. You think about people like Bill Cosby, who was drugging women for decades before any people kind of like mentioned it back in the day. And then everybody's like, Oh, now I don't know. They blew over. And they finally caught up to him. Although he's out of jail now from some technicality. I understand. Um, same thing with R Kelly. I mean, R Kelly gets 30 years, but I mean, Dave Chappelle was doing skits about R Kelly pissing on underage women and girls like 20 years ago. And it's, it's weird that it takes so long, but eventually it does catch up with some of them. I mean, I think about that old George, George Carlin bit where he talks about it. It's like a, the club that they're all in and you're not in that club, but even guys like R. Kelly, they don't, they're not in that club either. It catches up to them, but there's other people like the Epstein thing and the Epstein Island and all that. And they, all these people that she supposedly, sex trafficking all these customers we don't know any of these customers names we don't know who was on the plane we don't know the we don't have the the flight logs or any of that all of that was kept from us and at exactly the same time that the johnny death thing was going on to probably distract us or whatnot and it's just like there's if you get to a certain level you can literally do anything for as long as you want and there are no consequences whatsoever well even like with the hugh hefner thing you know yeah. people have been talking about forever and it took for him I feel like as soon as he passed away, that's when more things started coming out. Mm -hmm. But like, there's still people who will defend him to the end. You know, it's it's just crazy. I don't know. I just, it's another part of the entertainment business of why I just keep to my shady dot com life and just don't care about it. It breaks my heart because. When I was younger, I was hearing these things. And to me, it was like a lot of things that were coming to light and seeing them, whether it was in wrestling or just entertainment in general. I was like, dude, that's not what I thought it was. I thought it was like this. I believed in the package that, that was presented. And it's so much deeper than that. And, you know, it's like you're so right it takes so long. And then you have people who spoke out even with the Vince McMahon thing, like the referee, female referee from the eighties, like that story has been around. And if you go on YouTube and you put Vince McMahon scandal, like 
it's not just what's happening right now. It's happened so many years ago. So many people talked about it and nothing really happens. Just like right now, nothing's really happening. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It, it just, that's why I just want nothing to do with it. Like, no. I don't know. Thing with uh, Like Ric Flair. I mean, he's, he's doing like a podcast now. He's like doing his last match. He's like 73 years old with a pacemaker. He's going to be a star cast or something for his last match. Um, WWE, when they start their shows, they have like the little intro and they play certain sounds from the past. They play Stone Cold's glass breaking. They play The Rock. They play John Cena saying, you can't see me. And uh, they used to have Ric Flair's woo in there. And then when the Dark Side of the Ring thing came out, they took it out. But just this past week, they returned the sound and he tweeted out. He was so happy about it. It's like he, they restored his, you know, humanity or whatever. And it's like nobody really, everybody likes, oh, yeah, Ric Flair is a piece of shit. But, you know, I guess he's going to die in the rain when his pacemaker gives out. So we're all going to be cool with him. And nobody, nobody cares anymore. It's like, this is how the conversation goes in my head but behind the scenes. Let's just let this die out for a little bit. So we'll take it out. And then once no one's talking about it anymore and it becomes just a joke. Then we'll just put it back in. So don't worry, brother. Well, don't worry. It's not. It's not forever. We got to be PC thugs about it. So it's all good. And now it's back. Like, you know, Vince, I guess installed uh, Vince McMahon installed Stephanie or whatever as CEO. It's kind of I guess it's like a placeholder. So when that shit blows over, he can just be like, "Well, oh my job back. Get out of my chair." That's all it is, isn't he? Like. <laughs> I mean, I like I said, I only know what we've talked about or whatever. But from my understanding, it's like that's all it really is. Okay, get out of my chair now. <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. like it's so crazy. It's so crazy to me. Uh, but you know what? Speaking of Hugh Hefner, I wanted to share something with you that bothers me recently. Mm -hmm. So I am friendly with one of his girl past girlfriends, and um, like. I've worked with her with like fetish modeling. I like her a lot. Back when I decided that I was going to quit wrestling, um, it was a combination of things. Uh, Balls Mahoney passed, China passed, and I saw how fake and phony people that screwed them over royally were being. And that really was like, I was like, dude, just don't say anything because you were such an asshole, especially the balls. Like there was dudes that were like on the main roster that were like, not WCW, I mean, excuse me, ECW people. Um, and they saw how over he was and they didn't like it. They got jealous. And it's like, well, then connect with your audiences, you idiot. It's like, that's why, it, that's why. Yeah, he's not a body guy, but he could, the audience, they relate, they love him. So I would see dudes picking on him or pol trying to politic to get him. I mean, I know he had his drug issues too, and that didn't help, but um you know, seeing those same people like, oh, you know, when he passed, he was such a good guy and all this. And it's like, dude, just don't say anything because you were such a dick when he was you, you were trying to get him out of the company because you were jealous. And then, of course, with China, it was like you guys screwed her over so hard. Yeah. And the aftermath was her depressed, sad life after wrestling. Like that sucks. I was friends with her and we talked, we related to a lot. And then with the hook, line and sinker for me to quit wrestling was, is it's so strange to me that it took for those two to pass away for me to look up scandals in WWE and F on the internet. Hmm. And so when I looked it up, that's when I came across all of these videos on YouTube and there was people like, like Roddy Piper was one of them. And I like Roddy Piper. He was really, really nice to me. I don't really know him that well, but like I saw some shoot interviews where he was talking about some pretty heavy stuff, but yet he would go back like, no. you know, shady, shady stuff he would talk about. And so that's what really, I was like, Oh my gosh. And then that's when I saw, I think we talked about before I came across this Phil Donahue um, interview or episode and there was like wrestlers a wrestlers a commentary person and maybe it was a referee it was not the female though and they were all trying to go up against Vince 
and talking about the young boys and the meaning like these young guys that would come around to help with the crew or whatever. And they were getting taken advantage of some of them sexually and like all these crazy things. And I was like, what? Like how it, like, why is everyone crucifying me for talking about my experiences when all of this, which is way worse than anything I've ever experienced is out there and not only out there, but Phil Donahue was on in like the nineties. So it's like, this is nothing new. And there's Vince taking it for himself and like, whatever. It was just, it blew my mind. And that's when I was like, I can't, I can't because I was just like, you know, if I want to stay in wrestling, I think the only way it's worth it is to go back to WWE because that's where monetarily it's going to make sense. And then after all that balls, China and seeing all this content online, I was like, screw that. And it depressed me like huge to where that's why I gained weight. That's why I've like lost my mind in times and I've gone off online. I've confronted people. It was just like, I, I, I tell metal Jesus cause he works with like NASA and stuff like that. And I say, it's like the equivalent of if you were told for sure, there's proof that like the world is not round, it's flat and no one ever went to the moon. They, it's all fake. That's the equivalent of what happened to me in this wrestling world and in entertainment as well. But wrestling was just more of my heart and soul. So like, it's just so crazy that there's so many stories and I'm sure there's so much more that people don't talk about because they're not down. Going back to the Hugh Hefner thing, there's all these stories. And like, when I watched the secrets of Playboy, a lot of that stuff, nothing was new. Maybe a couple things were new, but nothing was new. And um, I don't know. It just, it makes me want to throw up. It really does. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's you know you're you're so used to rich and famous and powerful people getting away with things that people really don't. Most people, for the most part, don't bat an eye when they hear something like that, and that's what allows it to go on for so long. Like I said, in the case of people like Cosby, for decades, <clears throat> and it's and you know then the justice never really comes he had a, even if he was in jail right now i mean he's like 90 and blind he's done he had his life he had his kicks whatever his money and uh now he can shuffle off the earth with you know not a care in the world because people like that i doubt they come to regret what they did especially if they got away with it there's nothing to regret they don't think they did anything wrong yeah. that's the thing like when people want to hear apologies from these people or whatever, it's like, dude, they're not sorry. That's why like they're half-ass apologies or they're the same script of apologies that people put out there. Like it's real annoying. But um, going back to this girl that was Hef a Hefner's girlfriend, it's so strange to me. And I'd love to hear your thought on this because something that was always told to me and then it seems like in the secrets of playboy it was brought up a lot was that hefner was a pothead and there was a lot of marijuana going on at the mansion when i've been there i saw a lot of it i took part of all a lot of it so like that was like whatever i know there's other drugs too but like whatever so what's interesting to me is this girl like i like her um oh going back to like um why i even brought up those videos and all that when I was so depressed, I was watching her YouTube channel and it really in, she's just very like everyday life kind of YouTuber, like whatever. Hmm. But for some reason it really like made me feel better. So like, I think in my head, I kind of put her in a pedestal in a way like, Oh, she made me feel better in my dark time. So like, yay her. And something that's been bugging me is like the other day she had tweeted out that, she was so upset and you could feel it. And like, when you read it, that she was woken up at four o'clock in the morning because her roommate was smoking pot and she just went off on how she hates the smell and da, 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 da. And I wanted to so badly be like, wasn't Hefner a pothead? Like when you live there, wasn't it like all around? And so I just thought it was really interesting that 
there's people who they kind of like, and maybe it's, I don't know, maybe. And then I thought maybe she, there's parts of it, even though she's pro Hefner always defends him. Maybe there is some stuff that like she got affected by, and maybe that brings it back. I don't know, but like this, she's not the only person that I've ever been around or have seen totally like go so off on cannabis, but at some point in their life, they were living among it or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, it's just weird to me. Yeah. I, uh, and I understand like the smell is not pleasant to some people. For me, I, I, I'm driving down the street and I smell a joint. I think it's like nostalgic for me. So I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Somebody's smoking a joint, but, um, but I don't, I've never gotten people who, and when I used to write about cannabis, I used to see a lot of these stories where they were living next to, you know, a weed farm or they were downwind from a weed farm and they couldn't, it was just ruining their life, the smell of, of weed. And I think just like anything else, people really take something that they don't like. And because there's not any major things not to like, like 300 years ago, I've mentioned before, like people were just wanted to live and like not die that day from like shitting their guts out from, you know, drinking bad water or something. And now they have so little to worry about that they latch on to what they hate. And they just, and with social media, they just go on and on about it, about how much they hate it. But I mean, there's a tons of smells that I hate. I mean, I, if I go to a, a store like a Walmart or something, they just put the new mulch down. I hate that. It gives me a headache. I quit a job at Walmart when I was a teenager because my head was hurting so bad. I told them I had to go home and they said I couldn't go home. So I left because they had put new mulch down. Tons of smells that I can mention like that. I smell every day driving down the street or walking down the street or whatever. And I'm just not one of those people that's going to get online and get on Twitter and say, I hate this or I hate that or, you know, just waste all that energy on on negative shit. And I think people, there are a lot of people that are just so used to, they get almost comfortable in their negative feelings, and their negative thoughts. That's what the, what they're used to, what they're brought up with. And they guess they're so comfortable in it. This is second nature to them and they can't see that they're really just coming across as kind of an asshole and kind of a crybaby. And they don't see that at all. And if you would point that out to them, they would, of course, freak the fuck out. They would be like, oh, no, that's not me. You know, this is a legitimate gripe, but it's not really. I mean, there are legitimate things to complain about, and there are some things that aren't. And if you like the smell of weed and your roommate's smoking weed, I mean, I don't know. Work something out or, you know, find another place to live. Uh, gift them one of those um, one of those air freshener things you blow into to get rid of the smell. Like, I, have, I thought about you, and please have this as a gift and see if that works. I don't know, but I don't know. I don't know why you would go on Twitter and whine about it other than the fact that that makes you feel better. makes you feel more comfortable to be just a nitpicky asshole. That's a really good point because last month and I think part of May as well, I was really going off on Twitter about how much I hated Jim Halpert and Pam Beasley on office and um, Peggy from Hill, the um, King of the Hill. <laughs> And as I mentioned in a show before that one of our recent ones, especially the Pam and Jim thing, I was so putting it out there because a girl who was the other woman when I had a boyfriend and that's what Jim and Pam remind me of, um, she follows me. And she retweets me and things like that. So I know she reads what I put out there. She doesn't just follow me and like maybe doesn't pay attention. She does. So that was my way of being like, look, <laughs> that's you, bitch. <laughs> but um, I don't know. So maybe because of that, I took with this other girl about the smell of cannabis personal, like, Maybe because, you know, I'm a pothead. I've been around her and I've smoked. It's so like, I don't know. You're so right. Because I remember somebody tweeted me and they're like, all you do is whine on Twitter now. And I was like, okay, maybe I need to hold it and like stop writing so much. Because really, I just am trying to get to one person, which I shouldn't even be doing. So obviously, I'm still pissed. But that kind of put me in check. I was like, okay. I've done enough. <laughs> I love like TV and movie characters like that, that like a lot of people hate 
and they're supposed to come across as like a good person or a person you want to like. Like, um, I always think of the example of uh, Jenny and Forrest Gump. She's supposed to be like this person who like helped Forrest along in his journey or whatever is an important part of his life. But when you really break it down, uh, she was an awful, awful person who probably ended up killing Forrest. Uh, there was no sequel to, uh, you know, but if she gave him AIDS, maybe the kid had AIDS, they really delve into it. And she had, she led a horrible life and was horrible to Forrest all the time, used him whenever she wanted to, and then kicked him to the curb. You know, she knew that he was madly in love with her and that he's clearly mentally challenged. She didn't care. And why am I supposed to love Jenny as his protagonist when she was an awful person? That's so true. And, you know, unfortunately, bad things did happen to Jenny, but bad things happen to a lot of us. It doesn't mean that we choose the route to use people and to manipulate people to get what we want. You don't emotionally abuse um, a likely mentally retarded person, no matter how talented he is at, you know, ping pong running and, and various other things. It's um, and like I said, movies are full of that crap. It was like when we talked about the Wizard of Oz, when the, the Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast thing. You know, if you really delve into Dorothy, she's supposed to be this likable, lovable person who you want to make this journey and get back home and all that. But, you know, I, mean, I guess you grow up and you see that, you know, not really. I really don't care if she gets home. I don't know if she deserves to get home. I don't, know. I don't care about any of that. I don't care about this character. It's the same thing with me with Taxi Driver. I was supposed to love, you know, this anti-hero dude who's like a badass. To me, he just came across as a whiner. And totally inept in every social situation. So it made him angry and pissed off. So he decided that he needed to like kill people. And I, you know, I guess it's a lot like wrestling with like, you know, you're supposed to, you know, they push the baby faces and you're supposed to love them. But at a certain point you don't love them and you realize you don't love them and you're tired of them being shoved down your throat. And that's the way I feel about Jenny and, and Linda Belcher. Who I've tweeted about, I will admit I've tweeted probably once or twice about Linda Belcher from Bob's Burgers and how she's literally the worst character in tv history she's the worst person ever every fucking episode <laughs> some of the fuck up bob's life or whining about something or just totally commandeering her entire family to do some stupid shit she wants to do and i don't know it it aggravates me because I, I watched so much of that show and she's just she does it every episode i like i like i mentioned to you in our last show i'm right there with peggy hill like when it's an episode where she doesn't get what she wants, I'm like, good. And if it comes around that she ends up getting satisfied, I'm like, damn it. Like, no, <laughs> no. And like, just the ugliness. Like I said before, I used to hate Bobby so much. But then when I saw this one episode where Bobby like has a, this girlfriend and then she's a little bit older and then she breaks up with him and he's crying. Like, Peggy doesn't go to console him like, oh, she's like, well, I guess your love wasn't as um, as strong as mine and your dad's. It's like, what a bitch. Like, God, like what a bitch. Or when she gets into the foot modeling, when she doesn't realize it, her big old stupid feet. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't like, I'm just like, good, good. You deserve that. <laughs> Ugh, I can't with her. I just really can't. And you know what else I can't with is people in life that like our judges or they try to put out there, they're a certain way and then throw some money their way and they change their tune real quick. Um, an example of that is there was this girl that I was friendly with and she started this cannabis based um, business with her boyfriend. I mean, I don't know if they're married now, but her then boyfriend and I was trying to get in on like their whole CBD stuff. And so like I talked to them and I'll never forget, I got in this conference call with them and I'm thinking I'm going to talk to her because I know her, but the boyfriend took over the entire conversation. I didn't like him from the beginning, his vibe. I was just like, who's this asshole? And he was like, so I'm looking right here on your content and it says that you don't do topless or nude. Good. You put it out there right away that you're not one of these slutty girls on, on the internet. And I thought to myself, okay, yeah, it is good that I put out there my boundaries but why do you got to call it slutty content? There's girls out there that are not sluts and they do topless and nude. Like it has nothing to do with being a slut. Like it just rubbed me so freaking wrong. So fast forward, 
I ended up on following this girl because she does full on like sucking the dude's her boyfriend's dick on OnlyFans and all this. And I thought, whoa. What happened, hippies that were all about the cannabis uh, business you were doing? And now all of a sudden, it's like, you're, you're pretty hardcore. It's not just topless and nude. Like, you guys are, like, going for it, which, hey, that's fine. But, wow, I guess you're those slutty people now. And it's just like. <sighs> the, the person you're describing sounds very familiar, the career trajectory. I'm wondering if I knew. Oh, you do. I've come across a lot of people in the cannabis industry. Who, um, well, I've gotten into fights with a lot of them, not as much anymore, but uh, back in the day, I had fallen out with several bigger influencers, mostly over political shit, which I have trouble keeping my mouth shut about, which has hurt me, I think, in my Twitter uh, impressions. Twitter is just stomps the shit out of me when it comes to my impressions on my Twitter. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna send you a name in the private chat and we'll see if, uh, <laughs> That's the person I'm thinking of. It's very, it sounds very familiar to me. But it could be somebody else who does, who went the same uh, trajectory. The same no, trajectory. that's not the person. Okay. She did oh. kind of the same thing as far as uh, the more hardcore stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which I already got a bad vibe off of that person because of mm -hmm. what you and I talked about. So that yeah. was before that, that was before that. And I still, even though there was that weird issue between the three of us, <laughs> you, me, and this person, um, I did here's how I looked at it. I didn't want to hurt her feelings by unfollowing her. So mm -hmm. I continued to follow her. And then it seemed like when the pandemic happened, that's when that shift happened. And I was like, whoa, okay. Well, I know a lot of people are prepared that people will unfollow them when they kind of go more that route because of what they're putting out there. And last, I haven't looked at her stuff in a long ass time, but last I checked, it was like all that. And I was like, okay. And again, that's people's own business. If they want to do stuff with their, especially their partner, I think that like, it probably helps to just do it with a person that, you know, versus, you know, having to deal with the mental uh, drainage of dealing with different people that you do sexual content with. But the first thing I thought of when I saw her content turn was his voice saying, Oh good. You're not one of the slutty girls online. And it's like, so <laughs> it's For like some point he had the conversation with her. He's like, Hey babe, I really think you should become one of those slutty girls online. <laughs> this is the direction we need to go. It's like April Hunter said in the interview. She does nudity, but she doesn't do porn because porn is when there's insertion or bodily fluids. She does erotica. So even if this gal I'm talking about did more of the erotica stuff, I'd still be like, oh, what happened? Like, you know, topless and nude. But once the penis entered, <laughs> I was like, damn, dude, what happened? Did your business fail or something? And this is what you guys are doing to, like, get some quick money? And that's the other thing, too, is I think a lot of people, because I know she's younger than me, a lot of younger content creators that go that route and they do that switch they don't realize in the long run how much it's going to affect you. And on my talking shit podcast I do with my friend Amanda, um, which you can find on my YouTube channel, it's totally free. Um, MartinezGirlsRadio.com, just go there and I'll go there. But she's a dancer. She's been a dancer for, since she was like, like 18, 19 years old. She's a pro wrestler. A lot of girls have always, and guys have judged, mostly the girls judged her because of her dancing. She still does it to this day, but she's going to school and trying to like get all, all that stuff situated. And with all of that, she still said that she doesn't recommend sex work because it is a lot. It wears on you, you know, it affects you mentally. It affects, and then once it affects you mentally, it can affect your relationships with other people, whether it's just friendships or 
romance or, you know, siblings, like whatever. So there's a lot that comes with it. And I think a lot of these younger content creators, they haven't done it for long enough to realize that eventually it's going to wear it on you. And when you're putting it all out there, it's like kind of hard to reel it back in when you are over it, you know? And that's why a lot of people that have been doing it for a long time, they learn how to be smarter about it. I mean, you know, you've interviewed so many different people on your show, your other show that do this stuff. It's like, especially the ones that have been doing it for a long time, they kind of like, they find what works for them or whatever. But when you have an honest conversation with them, they talk about all the stuff that comes with it. And that's what people don't realize. And it takes a certain person to be able to do it and not let it affect you in such a negative way and to take those moments and not get drowned in it. And that's when depression can happen. And then all of a sudden you're just like so unhappy and it doesn't matter how much money you're making. It's, it's a lot, you know, I mean, even though the stuff I've done hasn't really been that bad. I mean, I've been doing adult type of content since I was like 19, 20 years old. So like, even with my, as my friends that do more risque stuff, say I'm so vanilla in that world, even with that, and I still do it, you know, I still, my content is 18 plus and I still don't do topless or nude anymore, but it still wears on me. There's a lot to deal with with that. And so it'll be interesting to see where this girl ends up. And to me, no offense, I'm like, I'm interested in seeing what's going to happen between her and this guy. I mean, Hey, maybe it'll work out or whatever. I'm not trying to judge, but I don't know. I just, it's not my business, but it like concerns me because she's young. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's rough, especially when they're younger because it's hard to transition depending on what you do and how famous you get at doing it. It's hard to transition out of that. Like you look at somebody like Mia Khalifa who. I guess it's really desperate over the last few years to get away from the porn industry, but she was so famous doing it and got so such a big following on social media that she's always going to be known for that. I remember I interviewed her, I guess it was late 2015. It was right before she started blowing up. She was like, she was in the news for like all these professional athletes and college athletes were like sliding into her DMs and she would screenshot it and like put it out on Twitter or shit, like really famous dudes. And she was just like on the upswing of her porn career and stuff. And I remember talking to her and she was talking about how her family had disowned her because her family was like a real strict Middle Eastern family and they had nothing to do with her. And she got to talk about the death threats she got from the Middle East because she was doing porn. And now fast forward, you know, however many years, I remember doing a story on her the other day or not the other day, a few months ago on my show. And she's doing this interview with someone and she's talking about how much she hates the porn industry and she doesn't want to be known for that. She wants to get away from all that. But, I mean, she's got videos out that literally have, like, 50 million views. And it's going to be so hard for her, even 20 years from now, to be, like, anything other than, hey, aren't you Mia Khalifa? Weren't you, like, a really famous porn star back in the day for a couple of years? And with the internet and stuff, that's going to that's gonna follow you around and be available forever. It's not like back in the day when, you know, whatever you did, no one heard about, no one knew about. And, you know, it just was what it was. Now there was all this video and visual proof and you know like i said depending on how famous you get doing that it's it makes it the more famous you are doing that the harder it's going to be for you to get away and do anything else without that without that hovering over your head dude that damn jewel denial video i did when i was in such a low place in my life and i get it like i said a lot of people tell me it's not even that bad but to me it is i can't believe that i allowed myself to go through with it. I've said this before and I'll say it again. At the shoot, I went and hid in a closet and cried because they already gave me the check. TNA wasn't paying me enough. I had to pay my rent or I was gonna get kicked out. I, in my head, that was my only choice. And it's like to this effing day. And like, I have a really, negative relationship with my mom and it really affects me especially at this time in my life right now and the things i'm going through in my personal life and it doesn't help that i know she's caught wind of that some way shape or form or like 
creepy people in my family that have seen it. And it's just like, and it was all for the money that I needed at that time. And it's like, it just will never go away. I get asked about, and then right when I think it's like it's been so long and it's not something I totally pursued, that's always when someone will pop up and be like, Hey, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, Oh my God, like, I'll take the Batista haunting over that any day, like any day. And it's just like, so I can't imagine some of these people or even someone like Jenna Jameson, like she has, she's been out of the game for so long, but people will always, always, always equate her to being Jenna Jameson, you know? And now she's like, I think from what I gather, she's like a big, like Christian conservative now and like very vocal in that political arena and the religious arena and i can't imagine you know the shit she gets on social media every day by the way i was a huge jenna jameson fan that was like my my formative years as far as pornography was jenna jameson so thank you jenna jameson but um another person that has that problem i guess still to this day is tracy lords yeah yeah very much since then but as soon as anybody hears that name that's what they think of and she has like a whole pinup clothing line that's really, really cute. So like, in my opinion, because being that I do participate in the pinup world, part of the whole pinup lifestyle is you can be any size and it's in, it's celebrated. It's like really empowering, empowering for women that are in the pinup scene. So for someone like Tracy Lords to have be a part of like, a pinup clothing line like that's so huge but a lot of people are going to overlook that and be like i remember i, I love that show um wife swap and when they did the celebrity one hers was on there and she she lives such a normal life her husband's like a blue collar guy she likes to like take care of her house and everything and when i was watching it i was like i totally get why she's this way it's like it's the complete opposite of what that persona that's out there of her is. And it's really sad that people have to almost like, I'm not saying that she was pretending, but like have to be so extreme to like try to be the opposite of what like their past because the past will forever haunt them. And I don't know. That's why these creators, guys and gals alike, they're chasing that dollar, not realizing there's consequences when you chase that dollar, you know? That's right. I knew all too well. <laughs> you still haven't showed us your nipples. <laughs> Holding that back for the big money. Whenever it's offered, it hasn't been offered yet. Which um, reminds me of uh, when we were talking about uh, being with Vince on with Vince Russo earlier today. I wasn't watching the comments section, but obviously, like I've, I've said before, I'm the one who runs our Instagram, so I know what the comment section is. It's 99% of Shelly's very hot. Hey, Shelly, you're hot. You're looking hot today, Shelly. Good on you for being so hot. Variations of that. And I mentioned that I once did a poll last year about which one of us was hotter, and I got like 21%. Well, earlier today, before the show, I decided to repost that poll and see where we stand, which may be a mistake. If I get less than 21%, it may be, you know, tough on my ego. But in any case, let me bring it up here. I should have already brought it up. I have to go through so many steps to get to it. And I got to go back to here. Streamer is very slow. There we go. So far, we only have 11 votes. You have six days left. You have plenty of days to get your vote in, and it's very important poll. So far, I have 27.3%, which is better so far. There's a long way to go, obviously, but I feel good. I feel good that I've, I've had a strong start because I feel without the strong start, I'm, I have no, no way to even approach winning. Not that I think I'm going to win, but, you know, I want to put in a good showing. I'm not doing this, you know. To destroy my ego i'm doing this to prove that hey i bring something to the table in the hotness department as well and so far 27 percent agree so thank you 
Again, like I said today, I don't know if they're being funny. Don't forget the point three. That's right. I don't know if they're doing it tongue in cheek or to be ironic. I don't care. The number is what's important to me. So far, so good. Thank you all who voted. You're climbing up to 30%. And before you know it, you could be at 50%. Don't give up. Oh, no. I, I never give up. As you can tell, I'm always work, working on this. This whole look. My cool hat, which has been bothering me the whole fucking show because it's not <laughs> my head. Hey, something I wanted to ask you um, a couple shows ago, and I totally forgot. It's old news now, I'm sure. But what the hell happened with Radio Shack? Do you know about that? Um, I know at some point their Twitter just started going nuts. Like whoever took over their Twitter was talking about drugs and hoes and <laughs> all kinds of shit. Let me go um, look them up, see if they're still going off, as it were. I don't know if there are still Radio Shacks. I haven't <laughs> seen one in a long time. I guess it's gone the way of like Blockbuster or whatever. Um, let's see, 16 minutes ago, they tweeted, Elon Musk having more kids. Damn, bro, when are you going to put a baby in me? <laughs> there you go. Mia. All right, well, I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> Let me uh, zoom in a little bit, see what we got lately. <laughs> I'm that saying I'm a bag chaser. Uh, I never really said, does anyone want me? Um... Breaking sex and culture critics, uh, critic advocates for telling people to go jump off a cliff. I'm not sure that one's gone. What the hell's going on? Eight hours ago, they said, not going to lie, my boss is kind of thick, LOL. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget. It was like a couple weeks ago. They just started doing this, like just tweeting crazy stuff. I, guess I, I remember seeing like. I don't remember how I like, I must've seen someone make reference to it. And so like, I looked it up for a second. I was like, what is going on here? And then I thought, you know what? Let's see if stoner Jesus knows about it. And I totally forgot about it. I've been retweeting a lot of it when it pops up. Uh, they tweeted at wing stops. They said, craving you inside me. He's <laughs> <laughs> what you doing. LOL. <laughs> Why? Uh, on July 5th, they tweeted, if you bitch slap someone in the comment section, but no one is there to see it, doesn't make a sound. <laughs> like, why is this happening? I don't understand. It's Radio Shack. There's the blue check mark. July 4th, they said, salute to all the veterans and active duty men and women who provide me the luxury of talking shit on Twitter freely from the comfort of mommy's basement. America, <laughs> July 2nd, they tweeted, woke up feeling rough, but remembered I put a stripper's kid through college last night. Are we all good? <laughs> I do remember retweeting this. Uh, due to inflation, six inches is now nine inches. Oh, my gosh. So there you go. Yeah, I don't know if they, I don't know if they have any, like, locations left. I don't know if it's just, like, the dying. They just gave it to an intern or whatever and said, here, have fun. All the stores are closed. You know, they have a couple hundred thousand followers. I don't understand it. Like, that's just, it's, I don't understand why this is happening. Like, I want answers. <laughs> up to, last time I checked, they had 200 some thousand followers. Now they're up to 380,000. Jeez, so, must be nice. They have an online <laughs> store. So I guess you can buy Radio Shack stuff online. <laughs> I don't know. Why is this happening? And when it was going on, when I first saw it, like, I guess a few weeks ago or whatever, I assume they got hacked. And yeah. so I kind of just was like, oh, whatever. Maybe it'll be something interesting to talk about on the show. And like I said, I forgot. So to see that it's still continuing, obviously it's not a hack situation. No. That's they the just, official person who's running the Radio Shack account. It makes me want to go to Radio Shack. So I guess, like I said, they're doing something right. But I there don't, you go. <laughs> they're all gone. I can't go to a Blockbuster anymore either. I used to love going to Blockbuster. It's one of my favorite things. Going to the video store. Kids will never know. I know. Or what was the other one? Um, where like, it was a music store. And then they had it to where like, you can even listen to the music before you bought it. 
Um, I don't know if the place around here was national. It was a uh, media play. Uh, the one I used to go to all the time. I used to love going there too and buy CDs and before that cassette tapes. I know a lot of you youngins, I'm blowing your mind, but go look it up. It all happened back in the day. And real quick, I just wanted to show a sample. I know I've talked about this before. People out there that are medicators, you will get more bang for your buck if you get yourself a nice dry herb vaporizer. Hmm. You see this? This is a good amount of herb here and stickiness on my jar. This is the vaped um, right there. You can totally just, what I do is I like to put like a couple tablespoons of this in like my protein shake or whatever. Ooh, I'm gone, gone. And I didn't have to pay anything. I already paid for it, mm -hmm. smoked it. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I was revisiting um, my vaporizer today and the benefits of it. And I was just like, you know what? I want to throw it out there on the show because chances are some people that are going to subscribe or already subscribed to our show, you're a medicator. There's lots of different ones out there, different price ranges, but this is the bomb because, and then you could not only, like I said, vaporize it. You can not only just sprinkle it on something. Cause let me tell you something. The first time I realized this, the guy that told me about it, it was for um, a vaporizer company that I was doing some business with. And um, he was like, yeah, you could just sprinkle it on your salad or whatever. I was like, yeah, right. So I went home and made an English muffin and I put a ton of it on there. Dude, I was gone. I couldn't believe it, it tastes like crap, but like you just eat it, just eat it. And then that's when I started learning to dose it. But when times are tough, you could just throw it in your bowl, make a joint. Again, it's not going to taste the best, but you're getting more bang for your buck because you already paid for it. And instead of ashing it out, there you go. So that's, I just wanted, that's my tip for the day. <laughs> just the tip. Big bag of that somewhere. I don't think I do anymore. I think we must have used it for like edibles or something. But I had a um, Da Vinci dry herb vaporizer I love and I used all the time. And I learned that a long time ago. They call it reclaim or whatever. Just save it and you can use it for edibles or all kinds of shit. It's it's awesome. Like, especially when you're out and you're just like, and there's been times I've been real spoiled. And I'm like, oh, all I got left is recycled, but oh well, it's it works. Maybe you have to smoke a little extra because you know you did take some THC out of it already because of the smoke, the vaping of it, but I just feel like that doesn't really get talked about that much on mainstream level. And if anyone's going to bring it to mainstream, it's going to be here on the smoke out. We're going to make it mainstream because when I've shared with this with people like privately, they're like blown away by it. And it's like, dude, yes, like times are tough. You got to make that dollar stretch. And that's just like the best form. And like you said, you know, edibles or like you know, I was saying, just smoke it. It's a good deal. So go get your guys a dry herb vaporizer. That's right. Money saving tips. Smoke out with Shelly and SJ. Like so you said, tough. Inflation's crazy. So you gotta save where you can. Yes. Shelly, thank you. Another one in the books, on the books, as they say, channelattitude.com. Thanks everybody for subscribing and chilling with us and checking out the episodes. And uh, we'll be here each week. And look out for those emails so you can join us here on the Smokeout. Shelly, thank you. And uh, I'll see you next week. Adios. <laughs>